Hey guys, welcome back to the Everything Dog Show. Today we're going to be talking a lot about nervous dogs and realistic expectations for them and what their life should look like. So we have a lot of examples of nervous dogs. We have a lot of puppies that come in. So I think first we'll start with puppies. Yeah, and I think before we even talk about that, we should talk about like what causes the dog to be nervous and like what's yes. the roots um, of it. Yeah, let's let's talk about the reasons yeah. that dogs are nervous, and uh, a lot of people will put backstories on dogs, but usually there's no story. Yeah, so <laughs> usually I think the story we hear kind of blocks us from letting the dog get better. Um, some of the stories might have something to do with uh, the reason why they're nervous, but there is a bigger reason behind it. Let's say that the stories don't help. Often. Exactly. Often. Stories don't really help. Yeah. So reasons dogs are nervous, I'd say number one above all else, genetics. Absolutely. Number one. Yeah. Number one reason is genetics. So there are lots of examples of dogs that are genetically nervous by nature, like a specific breed. Uh, off the top of my head, I would say white shepherds are nervous. Okay. Um, they're yeah. on the nervous side. Street dogs are predisposed to being Usually, nervous. Usually, yeah. Yeah. And by street dogs, I mean like out of country, yeah. Caribbean. Yeah. Uh, Dominican, those areas. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so those those are pretty nervous dogs. Uh, other reasons we have... And I just want to expand for two seconds on the street dogs. The reason yeah. why they are nervous, it comes back to genetics again. It's because they come from like a lineage of dogs that in order to survive, they have to be fearful of humans, traffics, mm -hmm. and, and things that are dangerous for them. So when you bring them here... Um, even though they're puppies, they're just genetically predisposed to be nervous because they come from generations of dogs that have to be nervous in order to survive. Yeah. Yeah. For anyone that has a pot cake, yeah. uh, you know, those, yeah, yeah. the reason they're called that is because people will literally give them the bottom of the pot of their bowls of rice or whatever it is. So they give them the bottom of the bowls and they usually shoo the dogs away after. Yeah. And if anyone here has ever been to those, I think you've been to those countries where you see lots of street dogs. Yeah. I don't, have you been to? No, I haven't. Okay, so I, in Panama, there are lots of street dogs, and literally people will run up to them and shoo them away. Mm -hmm. So if that is what's been happening for the history of the dog's bloodline, yeah. just humans run up to me and shoo me away, obviously the dog is going to be predisposed to being nervous yeah, with humans. Yeah, exactly. And usually a lot of them are dog social because they hang out with dogs all the time. Yeah, because <laughs> they have to. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's they like all they've got. And they just have to survive with, uh, exactly. with other dogs. Yeah. Exactly. And street dogs, like we could... We could do a whole other show on. Absolutely. So for now, we'll just stick with like basic average nervous dogs. Yeah. Other reasons dogs are nervous are we see a lot of nervous puppies yeah. that have no business being nervous, and it's because of poor socialization. So it's not lack of socialization, which everyone thinks like, oh, I need to socialize my dogs. It's badly done socialization, yeah. which is actually another one, another reason. Yeah, and that's again, it's another podcast that we can do on like proper socialization. Yep. Um, there's a right way and there's a wrong way, um, but yeah, like. Bad socialization is, um, basically socialization is very misunderstood and we do it wrong and we create a lot of issues in our dogs um, without knowing, with the best intentions. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Good. And, um, and I think we were talking earlier, there's also just the bad luck yes. Um, yeah. of having a nervous dog. You can have like the best breeders with like super solid parents and like the whole litter is great, but there is one dog in the litter that's just more nervous than everybody else. Yeah, and the thing is, people go and pick those dogs usually. I don't know if yes. you get those calls, but people will talk to you on the phone. Well, I get a lot of like breeder calls, like, oh, what kind of dog should I go get? Yeah. And most people who have those genetically nervous dogs, they say, oh, yeah, he was really shy. He was a shy one. He was really calm, and he was not invasive. And yeah. yeah, and those ones are usually, yeah, at 8 to 12 weeks, they might seem calm. But a good example is like Coco. 
they, they seem calm when they're young and then they start exploding at 12 weeks. They become the most psychotic yeah. dogs yes. in the world. Uh, those are those are tough. Yeah. So yeah, if you sure. go get the little nervous shy one because you think it's always going to be like really calm and shy, no, probably not a good idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it usually comes out later with different stuff. <laughs> Mu- yeah. yeah, they yeah. usually become more explosive than the craziest dog out of the litter. Yeah, and the craziest dog out of litter litter becomes the most confident and least insecure. Yeah, so it's all sorts of funny little things that happen. For sure, for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. good. Uh, any cool. other like rooted reasons? Do we have anything? I don't think so. I think that's kind of the Not basics really. of it. Okay. Nature and nurture. Two yeah. Biggest, exactly. Two that's things. very well said. Yeah. Do you want to elaborate on that? So nature would be more the genetic side. So yeah. what you see with a lot of those street dogs, those um, those white shepherds, like you said before, a lot of border collies, we see a lot of nervousness around traffic and things like yeah. that too. Yeah. Um, and then nurture is just having making sure that a dog is properly socialized early exactly. on so not just socializes in meeting 450 dogs in their first three months of life but proper socialization yeah. um and just teaching them how the world actually works as opposed to shoving yeah. dogs in their face dogs actually, and people that's, that's another and important people. one yeah, actually yeah, yeah, um genetics that's another important one um if the dog is with an ethical breeder the ethical breeder uh, yeah. will make sure the dog is raised properly in the first eight weeks. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and it'll make yeah. everything easier. However, a lot of people, they like to brag that they got their dog from a farm. Yeah. It's not a good thing. It's not always a good thing. It's not always a good <laughs> thing. Yeah. It can be, but it's not always a good thing. Exactly. No, yeah. Because anyone with a farm and two crappy dogs can breed their two <laughs> crappy dogs and no one's watching. Exactly. Because yeah, exactly. the furthest house is a binoculars distance away. Yeah. <laughs> the closest house is a binoculars distance away. Yeah, for sure. So if those dogs have just been fence guarding dogs their whole life and they've just been making sure the property is safe, mm-hmm. they probably don't like humans. And probably don't like br- humans. They probably don't like traffic. They probably don't like oh, yeah. a lot of things. And then you breed that dog, and, and then now you, you have send them downtown Toronto, and it's like, oh my it's god! Like, wow, my whole lineage is farm raised, yeah. <laughs> and they're not getting exposed to anything, right? Because it's such a Nothing. quiet environment yeah. besides exactly. guarding the fences and stuff like that. Exactly. Um, whereas apparently, so I read the other day that. A before a certain age, dogs don't have any kind of fear response. So what a lot of breeders oh, do is they, yeah, they expose them to a lot of stuff. Yeah. Really, really good breeders. But if they don't have any of those experiences, then they might just become really nervous of certain mm-hmm. things. At a certain exactly. Age. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, perfect. All right. So we can start talking about um, other things. Like we'll start with puppies. Yeah. Um, we have a lot of examples of nervous puppies and yeah. what people have had to do. But despite everything we talk about today, just the number one thing everyone needs to know when they have a nervous dog is it takes work. (laughs) It does. It takes a lot of work. It takes work and it takes a lot of um, counterintuitive work. Yes. Counterintuitive. Sometimes what you think is right is wrong. Yeah, yeah. And Um, patience. Yeah, we'll go go into that later, but uh, just remember that. Yes. I think it's important. Yeah. Yes, perfect. Okay, so if you have a nervous puppy, I'd say number one thing to avoid is doggy daycare, dog parks, and other rude dogs. So most puppies are not very nice, right? Like they bully a bunch of other dogs. And if you get your puppy that's nervous around a bunch of dogs that are Mm -hmm. jerks, how is that going to work out properly? (laughs) For sure. Um, Same thing with people. Don't let your dog being like meeting everybody on leash. Like you you go for a walk with your dog and like when you have a puppy, they're cute. So everybody comes up to you and is like, oh my God, you have a cute puppy. Can I say hi? And then the dog is always like, holy crap, every time I go on leash, every time there's somebody that comes by, they come up in my business and in my space, mm-hmm. and I'm hyper uncomfortable. And my human's not stopping any exactly, of it. Exactly, exactly. So those are a couple of the things, basic things that you can do to prevent from having a nervous puppy. Mm-hmm. No dog parks, no doggy daycare, 
and no like insane meeting on each 24-7. Yeah, um, exactly. If you bring people over to your house, yeah, absolutely. Have the dog meet everybody. It's great. But um, just try to think of it as if it was your kid or like yourself. You don't go and like give a hug to everybody you see on the street. Um, mm -hmm. We can't expect people to tolerate that and to come out confident. Yep. And <laughs> yeah, it's just not fun. Yeah, and the best way to describe a nervous puppy is a nervous puppy's brain is very unfocused and yeah. very scrambled, and what they really need is a lot of direction. So yeah. if you are walking with your dog, and if your dog does not feel safe and comfortable walking with you, especially if they're a super young puppy, and they feel like every human's going to go grab them, every human's going to pet them, it's going to put them over the edge, Yeah, and it's sure. not going to work out. Yeah. So I would say for anyone who has a nervous puppy, your priority should be exposure with obedience, yeah. and what we mean by that is give your dog easy things to do, yeah. in different environments yeah that's probably all that's probably the most important step for a puppy for sure good for sure good so for that do we have do we have anything else or should we talk about some examples yeah we can talk about some examples yeah. okay and how to properly dog socialize them too i think is a good a good point too okay you want to talk about that Sure. <laughs> uh, I think it definitely you do need to socialize puppies. It is a good idea to socialize puppies. Um, and dogs are extremely social animals. So obviously you want them to have like at least some dogs that they're okay with. Um, but it is a really tricky game once your dog, once your puppy is kind of messed up a little bit by having bad interactions with dogs. It's really tricky and you have to be really calculated in how you reintroduce things. Yeah. Um, and one of the biggest reasons that you have to be so calculated is because your dog also has no compass of proper social behavior too, right? Yeah, exactly. So your dog, even if you're trying to re-socialize and make it have good decisions, it's it also still doesn't know what it's doing. So it's gonna do a lot of like face-to-face -face greetings. It doesn't know how to properly interact with dogs. So yes. you have to be even more skilled at how you introduce things too, right? Yeah, and so that's say, Sorry, go, no, go for it. Go for it. So um, a good example is like um, we see a lot of nervous puppies and then once they kind of start building up a little bit of confidence, the owners let them go right into a situation where they're meeting face to face and then an older dog who actually knows proper boundaries and stuff like that may try to correct the puppy, like kind of bark at them just to say this is improper kind yep. of meeting that you're doing. This is very rude and invasive what you're doing. But that dog is still so nervous that that kind of creates a broad problem too. Exactly. Even though yeah. It's just very, very complicated and how to how to do it properly. So the dogs need to be super, super neutral. Yep. Um, kind of be okay with that kind of behavior as the dog's building confidence and then start teaching manners. Yeah. There's so many different little pieces to it. I was going to say that? you have a good example is that client you had the other day. Luca. Luca, yeah. exactly. Exactly. I don't know if you, like, you've worked with Luca the most, so I don't mm -hmm. know if you want to talk about that because I think it's, Luca is a great example yeah. of dogs we see. Um, thankfully, we've, we were seeing him young. Yeah, uh, they oh, realized yeah. it was a problem, and right away they decided to address it. So they came. How old yeah. is he? Four months, four and a half months. Yeah, I think he's even a little under. Yeah. Just under four. Yeah. So um, he's so just expand on the on the whole situation and how so, they came here and like. So Luca is a he's primarily lab. Um, Apparently. And then he's got a little bit of Dalmatian in him, but he looks he looks like a great dude. Yeah, he looks but, like a great dude. <laughs> but, we'll see as he goes. Yeah, but according to the owners or according to the breeders, he's mostly lab. Okay. Um, so you'd think that genetics would really be on his side and he'd be a little bit more resilient. Um, but what had happened to the owners was the very first interaction they ever had with another dog, no fault of their own because they're mm -hmm. really, really great owners. Um, but the very first thing that happened was they were taking Luca out for a walk. Someone with a really large, scary dog um, accidentally dropped their leash. The dog rushed Luca and kind of trampled him. So the very first interaction he had was absolutely terrifying. 
right? So think like you've never experienced a human being, and then the first human runs who runs at you is a sumo wrestler. <laughs> Obviously, you're gonna be like, I hate humans. This sucks. Exactly. Right? Um, so basically, what we're doing with him is just slow exposure, teaching him that dogs aren't gonna come in his face, but he needs to hold his obedience through everything, right? So he's not allowed yeah. to run away and hide. That's not what keeps the dogs away from him. What keeps the dogs away from him is just following through with his yeah. obedience. And that's giving him small opportunities to be like, hmm, I don't really hate these dogs necessarily so much. Exactly. Yeah, because you're bringing out like some solid dogs that you know that you know are not yeah. going to be invasive and that yeah. um, are going to keep him in space. They might hang out around him and try to take a mm -hmm. sniff here and there, but nobody's yeah. going to be like in his face yeah. um, too much. Yeah. So I think, yeah, Luca is a really cool example of like nervous dog. And like yeah. kudos to the owners because they really like they didn't try to like solve that on their own and they just asked yeah. for help and yeah. uh, I think they're awesome. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, they're good, they're good. But on the contrary, they're also people, and this is why I said at the beginning, it's very important for people to put in the work because yeah. these dogs mm -hmm. take a lot of work. Uh, exactly. A few examples we have of like dogs that could have had more work put in is, uh, if you remember Louis, remember the one that was sweating through its paws when we went at the Aura Tower? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's a... I met this puppy, Louie, who was obviously a Kijiji dog. So most of these dogs are usually Kijiji dogs. And the parents are all usually nowhere in sight. Um, and the dog was pretty cheap, which is also obviously kind of a bad. It's a lab. Shepherd Lab. Okay. Shepherd Lab. Yeah. And uh, that dog, when I went to their house, um, and I gave them all the warnings. Like, hey, if I go to your house and you have a puppy, and he looks at me and runs away and hides under the bed, as a puppy... Like, your dog is not very sound. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, like, we just need to be clear. <laughs> it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. You didn't do anything wrong, number mm -hmm. one. Your dog is just not very sound. Yeah. So if your dog does that at that age, you're in trouble, number one. And you need to really, like, you have um, a tough job on your hands. Yeah. But you can still make a lot come out of your dog. Oh, for sure. And that's the main reason we're doing this podcast is we want to tell you guys, if you want to hit that, that ceiling, and if you want to really try to break through the ceiling of what your dog can accomplish, especially if they're nervous by nature, First of all, there's a lot of work you need to do, and we're going to give you all the realistic expectations and what to do to get there. Mm -hmm. So for that dog, there wasn't much done. I warned them about lots of little things that should have been done, but they weren't done. And then when we saw the dog, obviously, he's still very, very nervous, uh, willing to bite when we're trying to put on a collar. And that's what will happen. Yeah. Because the dog has no structure. The dog has no rules or boundaries. And his nervousness is now the number one thing he thinks about. Yeah. How much everything stresses him out Perfect. because of no direction. Yeah. So, yeah, th that's just another example of if a dog is running away as a puppy and you don't get that under control, you're in big trouble. Yeah, yeah. You're in big, big trouble. Yeah, just catch the signs early and ask for help once you see those signs. And they're pretty yeah. obvious. Yes. Usually. Yes. Usually. And um, most people are going to try to do, I mean, for a nervous dog, we'll talk about the counterintuitive behaviors. Yeah. But most people are going to try to coax the dog with food. Yep. That's not going to work. <laughs> it's not going to work or make it worse. Yep. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately. Yeah. And people oh. always like to say, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Oh, my God. The cringe. The cringe. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. You're okay. You're okay. Because yeah. the dog. It's English. the human things. But we'll get, yeah. we'll get, we'll dive deeper into that in a bit. Um, do you have any other puppy example that you want to talk about? Yeah, we've got lots. we got lots. Yeah. Um, we can talk about, do you want to talk about Lexi? Lil Lexi? Lil Lexi? <laughs> <laughs> I hope she's going to listen. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, what can we say about Lexi? Uh, Lexi, the very first day she came in here, she was super nervous, right? She's a wiener dog, by the she's way. A, she's the cutest little wiener dog. Cutest little wiener dog in the she's world. She's like chocolate <laughs> and then caramel. She's so cute. She got a little stumpy leg. Yep. She runs like a house centipede. <laughs> yeah, she looks like a house centipede. With like a rocket ship on the back of her. <laughs> oh my goodness. She's ridiculous. And then she barks the most high-pitched bark. Yeah. All yeah, of our does. glasses cracked every time <laughs> The windows are like, shh. Oh, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> so, Lexi, when she got here, for maybe two days she was nervous. Maximum two days. Yeah. Um, but basically, why was she nervous? Uh, she just didn't really have proper no rules. guidance. No, it was no she, rules. She was just like... She's trying to... Overall nervous. Like, new environment, new people, yeah. new she'd everything. She'd freeze. She'd pee herself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She'd yeah. always oh, yeah. pee herself. Yeah. Uh, which is also a bad sign. Yeah. If dog's oh. nervous peeing, it's a bad sign. Bad sign. Yeah. And uh, she was very, like, stiff yeah. the first few days. That's a good way to put it. She was really stiff. Yeah, she was. Yeah. Yeah. And how old was she when she came in? She was, like, almost four months. She was, weeks. She was tiny. Yeah, she was tiny. Yeah, she was little. Uh, <laughs> we can't talk about we can't focus when we talk about her because oh my she's god she's so cute. cute but basically it was um like two days worth of really really proper puppy structure so lots of crate time yep um very very predictable schedule so everything was like yes. potty break crate time training time Everything, every piece of information that we gave her was incredibly clear. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And also, when you when you think about it, we can talk about all the pieces that built into her nervousness or created more nervousness. Okay. So yeah. number one was she was nervous about her people leaving. Yeah. Uh, because she had a lot of separation anxiety. She, did, she would yeah. not yeah, she like did. she came here for a noise complaint basically. Yeah. yeah. So number one was she was nervous about her people leaving. Yeah. Uh, she had to figure out life on her own because yeah. no one was giving her proper structure and the owners are amazing like they're yeah. doing amazing with her now but at the beginning they just didn't have the right skill set mm-hmm. and the right education to do it yeah. so because she had to figure things out on her own and all that built into her already predisposed nervous mindset mm-hmm. it caused some trouble yeah. Yeah, but then sure. when she came here she was hilarious <laughs> yeah. so yeah she was nervous she didn't like being in the crate she didn't like yeah um, anytime she we were out of sight it was just like bad Exactly. Yeah. Like she would screech in a crate and, and all that. <laughs> <Screech>. But <laughs> we made the crate non-negotiable and yep. she understood that very quickly. Yeah. And she's like, okay, cool. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Got it. All right, that Got was it. it. <laughs> cool. I mean, even within three days, she took her dog bed in the crate and turned herself into a cocoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she made a burrito. Yeah, she turned herself into a oh weird, into a hot dog. Literally a hot dog. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Literally a hot dog. Yeah, so she got so comfortable here um, because she knew her schedule was strict. Yeah. She knew that training was fun, and she yeah. couldn't wait for training. And she knew what was yeah. expected of her. Yeah. And that's the most important. Yeah. Exactly. And then out of comfort, she took her bed and rolled herself up in it just a couple <laughs> days later yeah. from being nervous. So that, yeah. that's a really, really good sign. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh, comfortable. And uh, what a lot of people also do tell us after dogs go home from here, especially if they're nervous, after a board and train is they tell us, hey, my dog's actually sleeping and snoring, which, yeah. which is a oh, big yeah. one. Yeah, we, we have a lot of dogs that come in, and the owners are like, my dog can't settle. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like he's always in high alert. Every little sound, they're just like super on edge and all that. And mm-hmm. that's exactly what we hear is like, my dog is snoring. I have never heard my dog snore. Snore, Either dreaming. outside of a crate or dreaming, yeah. Dreaming, Or yeah. on place or things like that. It's like, this is mind blowing. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's such a, like, we take that for granted. Um, but it's not necessarily um, a given to every dog to be able exactly. to do that. Exactly. Yeah. 
All right, so I think we're going to move on from puppies. It was just to give you like a brief idea of like some of the dogs we've had that had issues. And um, we're going to dive uh, in a minute about how we got them better. But first, we wanted to give you some example of grown dogs that we've had that came, come in with some uh, serious nervousness issues. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, a great one that we have right now is Cody. Cody is with us um, through a rescue that we work with, through Severus Gruff. Um, so Cody became... I'm going to start with the end of the story. He became a great dog. Like, he's super comfortable with us. He's super playful. Um, he's always pumped when he gets out of the crate. He's great with dogs. And, like, he is night and day from the day he came. Mm -hmm. So when he came to us um, from surrender, and uh, kudos to the um, first owners because they really tried very hard to make this dog better, but it just did not fit the lifestyle. Um, and I think they made it the best decision for Cody, for Cody to succeed in life. Um, so they got him as a puppy from a street from a street litter. Um, Mom and dad were both street dogs, and um, super nervous dog right off the bat. Um, but he was really determined to like get him over a lot of things. So he really pushed to walk him on Queen Streets, even though he was scared. And like, he really pushed through a lot of things and did a lot of things right. Um, but Cody is pretty intense. Um, he couldn't put a leash on him. The first day that uh, he had Cody, the foster um, dropped him off and um, he took off the leash, huge mistake. And that super nervous dog that came in that new house was like, who the hell are you? Where am I? Why are you coming close to me? So he tried to put a leash on, and unfortunately, Cody bit him um, out of fear, 100% out of fear. Um, and he showed that here when he came. Uh, putting a leash on him was like a, high, a huge challenge. It took me, I didn't want to push his buttons because I knew he was going to be with us for a while. So I really took it slow, but it took me a good week to be able to put a prong on him safely, where I didn't feel like I had to be on my guards, like with my guards up to be like, I'm going to put a prong on you, but I know there's a chance you're going to bite me. So it took me a good, good week and a half um, to get there. And um, it, yeah, again, it's just one of those dogs that took like a lot of patience. He didn't even need a ton of work. He needed patience. Yeah. Yeah. That was the biggest thing for him, um, to build trust and to build, to realize that, hey, it's three of us in here. None of us are here to like annoy you, get in your space when you're not ready. Uh, we're all going to give you your space. We're all here to help, and that took like quite some time for him to get there. Um, it took a long time. It took a long yeah. time. He's a nervous boy. He's a nervous boy, and we did have a meet and greet for him, and he actually surprised all of us um, oh, yeah. because we introduced a new family. How many people were here? Five. Five Three people. girls and two. Friends. And the parents. Yeah, yeah. Five people here, and we were expecting him to be like a nervous wreck. Um, and he did actually much better than we expected. But it's also because when we did introduce him to those people, nobody was allowed to pet him. Nobody was allowed to like walk up to him and like be invasive. We mm -hmm. took one person at a time. We were with him. And um, because we built that trust between him and us, he was able to trust us to introduce those new people into, um, into his space. Mm -hmm. And by the end, they were feeding him treats. They were petting him. And he was doing great. Um, and, but again, like as a typical street dog, his number one uh, confidence is with dogs. Oh, yeah. So that was like a huge piece of the puzzle. We had 
as soon as we brought dogs out around him, like social dogs that were prob properly skilled to be around dogs, he was a different dog. Exactly. Yeah. He completely changes and he needs that a yeah. lot. Uh, and he's on, he's really on edge when there's no other dog around. He really is. He really Still is. is. He's yeah. more on edge when there is no dogs. Yeah. For sure. For and the sure. thing is, even though, this is really important too, even though you're a trainer and he spends his time with you and he trusts you, mm -hmm. if you take him to a new environment, mm -hmm. so let's say Home Depot, yeah. he will be freaking out. Yeah, he will be nervous as hell. <laughs> nervous it, as it Guaranteed hell. his tail yeah. will be, it'll look like a letter C. It'll be <laughs> way under his legs. You won't see his tail. Yeah, it'll it be will way be under gone. his legs. It will be gone. And like, that's the thing. A lot of people will say, oh, he... And the, the problem is people will make the story up like, Someone took him to Home Depot and abused him. Like that's probably yeah, the story that yeah, will get exactly. made. Yeah, exactly. That's the story. But we're no, yeah. his environmentals and his, his just probably his genetics. Yeah. Just to go way back, Home Depot is not existent in his genetics. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's not it's, possible. It's in not his possible. Genetics, so. And um, and again, that's what we wanted to talk about when we talk about realistic expectations. So, Cody will be would be able to go in a Home Depot. Would he enjoy it? Absolutely not. He, he would, would hate, hate it. it. Yeah. Can he handle it? Yes, he can. Yep. Because and you put up a video of him at a bank. Yeah, I did. I and did. He was, oh, yeah. he was stressing out. He was, he was, well, it was a hot day too. But he oh, was, yeah, yeah he was oh, panting yeah. like a madman. So did he enjoy it? No. Was he able to handle it? And was I able to go about my business? Yes. Yeah. Because we're not like nervous dogs are nervous dogs. And very often when they come to us and they're already grown, it's hard to like, you can't change genetics yeah you can give them the skills to be better but to, to cope with those situations but you can't change who they are exactly yeah mm -hmm. exactly yeah cody's a very good example of that we also have princess that we went to go meet oh yeah princess was ultra yeah. nervous <laughs> so she's a different type of nervous where she gets like cody's actually willing to bite i think yeah. princess would also be willing to bite if she, if her buttons were pushed far enough but yeah. i think it gets you have to go real far mm -hmm. with okay. princess yeah. so when they opened princess's crate so we went to their house to do the session um they had the opposite of princess there another dog named lee the most social dog oh, in the world yeah, the literally the most social dog in the world <laughs> wants to love everybody and they had princess who they just rescued from i think it was one of those countries like i think st lucia too st lucia i'm pretty sure st lucia has a lot of nervous dogs yeah. so if anyone's looking at from st lucia okay so there it is yeah, yeah. so St. Lucia Dominican, I found yeah. they have the most nervous dogs. Yeah. Um, so what happened with Princess is they opened the crate, Princess sprinted faster than a cheetah to the other <laughs> corner of the house, and, and just, that was it. Yeah. <laughs> and they had to go chase her down. So she, yeah. And they have a big house, so she sprinted to the furthest corner of the house, and she waited in the corner, and then they went yeah. and grabbed her, and then we oh, went wow. to work. She, when Cass tried to put a slip lead on her, she was literally frozen. Yeah. Do you remember? Yeah, she yeah. was like, don't do anything. <laughs> she was completely crazy. frozen. If Cass had made any like very quick movements, yeah. it could not have, probably would not have went well, but I think it, you have to push your buttons really far. Yeah. yeah. So Cody will probably default to running away. Yes. Yeah. And he looks like a cheetah. Yeah, he, he's so definitely he faster he than a cheetah. he run just yeah. as fast. Yeah. Um, but yeah, last resort is like, I'm going to bite you because I'm very, very freaking scared. So when I'm he's cornered? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And to this day, the thing with Cody is like, he still freezes when a leash goes on him. Yeah, it's very, like, if he's in the crate and I try to put a sleep pin on him, he's like, <gasps> oh, my God. Like, oh today my is God. the day. Like, dude, yeah. we've done this, like, a billion times. A billion times. Like, and then he steps out. He's like, oh, hi. Yeah. I'm so and, excited. I'm so and excited. And he runs to the back of the crate when I, whenever I pour water. 
It goes to oh, the yeah. very corner of the crate. It's and, and all the other dogs run to the end of the crate to get water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, no, <gasps> water. He's like, oh my God, they're going to drown me. It's <laughs> literally what goes through his mind. I don't know what goes through his mind, but, but oh, like, Jesus. once again, no one did anything to Cody. Yeah. He was probably just as bad as a puppy. Yep. And that's how he grew up. But with the right owners, and there are some very good owners out there. Yeah, for sure. You can make magic happen with Cody. For sure. He'll never be a outgoing lab. No. Nope. Let's just really put that out there. It'll never, ever, ever happen. Yeah. But he will be the best version of Cody possible. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, you want to talk about your dog, Cass? Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Cass has uh, the cutest dog probably on the planet. She's freaking cute, but most people wouldn't know because I didn't get to touch her. But <laughs> um, So, yeah, I have a dog named Wolfie. She's from Thailand. Um, and she's a really interesting case because she's the one who probably taught me the most about nervous dogs. Um, and she's still kind of, like, learning things here and there about what what's okay and what's not okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I got her, she was very, very leash reactive. She also had a broken leg, so she was, like, alligator rolling and doing all kinds and of things. And she had stuff. never been on a leash. And she had never been on a leash. Um, but before I adopted her, she was extremely social. So when she was living in Thailand, she they sent me pictures all the time of her playing with dogs and, like, being really comfortable with the staff and all that kind of stuff. And then she came here, and she was a complete mess outside of the house. Um and she's also afraid of like projectiles and stuff <laughs> like that too. <laughs> so um, if you swing like a bending ball around her, she's oh, yeah. like freaking she's out. Like, they're definitely gonna chuck it sticks. She's te- she was terrified of chuck it sticks. Jesus. Bicycles, specifically Asian people, she's really terrified of. Yep, she is. Um, but very. like any other kind of people, she now she really really loves. But she yeah. used to be afraid of literally every kind of human being. On she Earth. especially doesn't like uh, strangers going up to her, right? Yeah. She hit yes. That's of yeah. that like most dogs don't like. Which is fair because I don't like people coming up. To yeah, me. especially someone like you never up met. Quickly to me. And yeah, exactly. Super invasive. It's so weird. Yeah. Um, so what do you want me to say about it? Uh, well, I guess for her, so she was nervous, but you yeah. got her to a point where like. I mean, she doesn't seem nervous. First time I met her, she didn't seem so bad. She yeah. was just afraid Same of uh, the ball. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but yeah. besides that, like, so there are certain things you obviously did mm-hmm. to get her confidence. So what, what were the things you did? So I guess I should probably start where all the things I did wrong, which okay. was like forcing yeah, her into a lot of idea. situations. What I was, what I thought was right when I first started training was like heavy, heavy exposure to things. Flooding. Um, flooding, but it, I did it in a very, very wrong way. Yeah. So like flooding with, people coming up to her and petting her. I thought that would eventually desensitize her to it. Um, Leash tension was a really big thing that I noticed is a huge issue that I had before. So like introducing her to new situations, I always had a lot of tension on the leash so that I could be ready in case she did something. But now I see that that was just jacking her up up. to get more and more stressed out. Um, Yeah, so basically what I ended up doing was just lots and lots of socialization once I figured out what the right thing to do was. But socialization in a way that... It was enough that I knew she could handle, but nothing ever interacting with her. So bicycles, taking her to bike trails, um, that I could stay kind of far enough away mm-hmm. and let her kind of figure out that that's not, nothing is going to attack her yep. or hurt her. Um, socialization with dogs, basically. When I first got her, I thought she was like extremely dog aggressive. Um, and I used to work in a doggy daycare and she was banned because she was dog aggressive. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, but now she's the most social dog. We use her for socials now. Yeah, yeah, she's the main dog that we use for socials now, right? Yeah. So, but also, um, so the thing with her, she has friends, dog friends, She has right? dog friends. And I think it's important, so when, but when new dogs come around, 
She would much rather... Like, she doesn't want them coming in her face. And she'd rather no. go sleep on her bed. She'd rather sleep so on the, the thing, couch. So the there. most important thing there to note is that she's comfortable to the point where she can actually take a nap yeah. around yeah. another dog. Yeah. <laughs> like, she'll literally run to the corner of the facility and, and she'll just take a nap on the cot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if a dog that she doesn't know where to go up to her, she would not like that. She'd be pretty mad. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. she's still willing to sleep around the dog, which is good. Yeah. yeah <laughs> she'll sure, get completely sure. comfortable and snooze. Yeah. So that's yeah. a very good sign. So yeah. that is, I would say, her one of her social ceilings. Mm-hmm. So so if she makes friends... But um, it takes her time. She's, yeah, she's a relationship dog, right? Yeah, she yeah. needs to yeah. have one or two experiences where the dog never interacts with her. Then the next time she sees that dog, she's like, oh, hey, buddy, what's up? And what would you say... I think this is important. What would you say the time frame is for her to be okay with the dog if the other dog is not a jerk? Second meeting. Second meeting. Okay, yeah, so, so she can say, see a dog once, not interact with it. You can bring it out hours later, and she's like, okay, I know this dog. So what's that total time frame then? A couple hours? Yeah. Okay, that, that's a awesome. Day or two, yeah, a day yeah or two. that's awesome. But that, that took a long time yeah. to create. At first, it was like weeks. Yeah. Now it's like, it's like an okay. hour or two, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Now Wolfie gets that you're going to make sure nothing happens to yeah. her, yeah. which is super important yeah. if your dog is nervous. Because if the dog is nervous and the dog also thinks, uh, mom's not going to ever cover me. Yeah, exactly. it's, it's so what I was going to say. It's also, process. And it's also based on your relationship with her. True. Because if yeah. I were to take Wolfie and introduce her to a dog and do exactly the same thing you did, Mm-hmm. It will probably not turn out the no. same. <laughs> yeah, and we had no, the perfect yeah. example of that when um, I think it was actually Luca's owners. They wanted to pet Wolfie, remember? And I was holding yeah. Wolfie. Yeah. And he's like, can I pet her? And Wolfie was looking at me like, dude, you, dude. Better, not <laughs> let <him. laughs> you better not let him touch me. Yeah. And well, actually, one of the things that we did a lot with her was um, bringing her out during sessions and having um, other people hold the leash. Yeah. So no interaction. she's never met hold the leash. Um, and that's actually one of the biggest things that made her really, really social with new people. Yep. So obviously there's a limit to certain things. So like any kind of person that comes in and just stares at her and is like, oh my God, you're so cute. She's like, this is not okay. <laughs> um, but anybody who like, they hold the leash and they, um, Let they her be. don't do anything. The next time she comes out, she's best friend. She likes them. Yeah. So a good example is, um, you remember Scout, the, yeah. the sheep doodle one of the sessions I had her, um, her owner, while I was working the dog, I had her owner hold Wolfie's leash. The next session that they came back, Wolfie went right up to that, the owner. Oh, was nice. Like, oh, hey, nice. I know you. You're my friend. That's and she cool. was able to offer her food. Wolfie took food from her. Um, Good. So she, kind of Wolfie is kind of the definition of what I always tell clients when they ask me, how do you introduce a nervous dog to new people? The answer to that is you don't. You don't. <laughs> yeah. you don't. You don't force an interaction between a human and a dog. Have your dog exist around that thing that freaks them out. And the more they realize that, ah, not that bad, they'll be more interested in interacting with that person or that dog or that whatever. Um, That's exactly how Wolfie is too. Yeah. She's like, now I want you to pet me. What the heck are you petting me? Why are you giving me I'm so pretty. Yeah. (laughs) She's thrown off when people don't do it. Then she's like, okay, come here. She's such a cat. So, yeah. Yeah, but I know so she's, she's not an Ashton. Exa- exactly. Yeah. Ashton is just social. Yeah. Ashton hasn't. He was crying the other day because a dog walked in and he wasn't allowed out of his crate. And he's like, "That dog's my best friend. And he's <laughs> never met this dog." Right. So, and then people. He looks at so people dumb. and he's like, "I miss you so much." And he's never met. This dog, right. So, yeah. So that's like, like. And the thing is, for Ashton, um, just really, just to really clear things up, you never had to put that much work into Ashton to make him social because he was just social. Yeah. There were one or two instances. There was the very first social we had him in here. He was petrified. Yeah. Because Stella kept trying to do like WWE moves on him. (laughs) So we just taught him that she's not allowed to do that. We're going to keep her out of your face. Yeah. And then after that, after he knew that we were going to keep him safe, 
he just skyrocketed from there. Exactly. It was like one little incident. Um, there was one incident I had on a hike once where he was a little terrified of somebody. They walked by and then they left and he was like, oh. Yeah, Okay, exactly. no one's going to come kill me, I guess. Yeah, exactly. But it was like one thing. And overall, he's 99% extremely exactly. social. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's hard to screw up. Yeah, for sure. Well, and like that's again that's another topic, but you have to remember that you can have a puppy that comes into your home that seems social, and then they go through fear stages. Exactly. Yeah. So there are stages as the dog grows up where everything scares them, mm-hmm. or have the potential of scaring them. Yeah. Um, so those are very important uh, moments in a dog's childhood, uh, yes. puppyhood, yeah. where you have to not cater to those fear. Exactly. Do not let them be scared. <laughs> Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Good. Um, I think we should talk about probably Thor. It's a short story, but um, like Thor, we, we really like Thor. He's a good dog. <laughs> he, when he first came in, we knew he was uh, just really, really, he was really stiff and nervous, and he yeah. was also very young. And the other thing is with owners, owners will always look at the bright side of things because they've been hanging out with the dog, and they don't know the dark side of the nervousness. Yeah. So they always said, oh, yeah, the kids love him. They play with him. They do all sorts of stuff. But when Thor comes to a new environment where he has to be handled by people he doesn't know, freaks out. he freaks out. And what he does when he freaks out is he does not run away. He is pissy. <laughs> he will <laughs> he, fight you. He will fight you, and he will not back down. So with Thor, we knew he was going to be like that. So what we mm-hmm. did is we just put the... We just snuck the slip lead on him. Keyword is snuck. <laughs> snuck. We just threw that right on him, and then we put him in the yeah. crate, and then we put him to work the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, but however, he did go to a groomer, and the groomers didn't know what they were doing, and they were too invasive, and he bit the groomer. Yeah. Um, so these are just little signs where you, sh- you should know, but if you don't, and if the dog is just looking a little stiff, yeah, be careful. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> really be for careful. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I think one of the most notorious dogs we've had for nervousness is probably Leia. Leia and Skylar. Oh, Skylar. Oh, yeah. Come on. Come yeah. on. We've already talked about Skylar on our other podcast. <laughs> did we? Yeah, yeah, we definitely. The Kid Gigi one. Oh, my God, yeah. Yes, we did. Yeah. Yes, we did. <laughs> my goodness, Leia was so long ago. Uh, yeah, Leia came through us through rescue as well. Puppy Saint Lucia. St. Lucia, puppy that was adopted. Like, Saint eight Lucia. weeks There's old. There's a pattern here. Sorry. <laughs> There's a pattern. And we're not shitting on St. Lucia dogs because we've seen dogs from, like, rescues, from, like, abroad rescues that are great. And we yeah. see mostly the bad ones. We just see the bad ones. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. When like 75% could be actually great. Exactly. Dogs. We just see the worst yeah. of everything. Yes. Uh, but yeah, adopted as a puppy. And uh, again, people were expecting because you adopt a puppy, all puppies are the same and they don't come right. with issues. But yeah. they do. They do. And she did. Heavily. Well, that's the hard part about getting a nervous puppy. Especially if you don't see the nervousness young. Yeah. So if you get a puppy where you don't know the lines... And the dog doesn't appear that nervous, but you, you always know there's a little bit of nervousness yeah. somewhere in there. And if that mm-hmm. sprouts, it could be real bad. Yeah. So Leo's a perfect example. So. Yeah, so adopted at eight weeks old. Um, the family wanted a puppy for the family. And like they have two kids. Um, that dog grew up to be more and more and more and more nervous. And um, her boundaries were absolutely not respected, even in the house. Um, and that dog ended up biting another kid a kid in the face, the kid from the house in the face. So even though the dog grew up with those kids, even though the dog was like always around those kids, she was just nervous, uncomfortable. She, her boundaries got pushed too far. And she was like, you're way too close to my face. I'm uncomfortable. And she bit the kid in the face. So that dog got surrendered to us again. And the main reason she did that is because her nervous signs were always ignored. Yeah. That's probably yeah. the main reason. Like when we looked at pictures of her on social media, 
Remember those high, like Halloween pictures? Oh, she looks. So she cool. looks so nervous. <laughs> Holy moly! Really? Yeah. No, no, I'll show you this. No. Oh, I'll show you. She, lo- she looks terrified. She looks like if you were to just go get a coyote and just put it in your house and just take photos <gasps> of the coyote. Yeah. <laughs> just Cody. Cody, when he has his terrified moods. Yeah. He's if I sh- was to put my face next to Cody's face, is what you're saying? Like if I just grabbed him yeah. day one. Yeah. He'd be there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For those listening, it basically looks like your eyes are about to pop out of your head. Yes. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty That's much. That's what it looks like. Uh, or either panting, and again, like panting is a very misunderstood thing. Yeah. The dog is often panting for good reason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, they can be hot. Then yes, they could have just played. But nervous dogs who are panting for no obvious outside factors. Yeah, that's nerves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's nerves. Yeah. Exactly. Like, even here when we ask a dog to place and stay on place, like, we have AC running. It's like 22 degrees <laughs> in here. They're like panting out of their minds because they're stressed mm-hmm. out. Exactly. Yeah. And that's an obvious. But that's sign. good stress, too. Yeah, because like, they're working through something. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And bad like stress is like. Yeah, exactly. Like bad stress is like, hey, this kid is in my face. Yeah. I'm really, yeah. I can't do this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And that's what Leah did. And she that person and Leah was with us for like months and she hated you until she the last hated. day she still, <laughs> still hated me on the last day she went yeah, out yeah until the last like, day yeah the only thing she recognized on the last day so she kind of yeah yeah that's true that's right? true well the thing is like with the St. Lucian dogs is they're nervous towards a darker skin color it's, it's yeah. just something like I used to work with a lot of them and they would like every female but the second I showed up, they were like, "Oh my god!" So goodness. male, like Wolfie with male Asian and, people, yeah, though. exactly. Male and dark skin is like worst the worst combo. Yeah. and here's an ish. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and male really, and dark skin. They, yeah, the dogs really don't like me, especially yeah. if they're out of country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those dogs really don't like me. Yeah, for sure, yeah. for sure. Okay, so now we know all about how these dogs kind of come about, but then obviously that begs the very obvious question: What do we do about it? Yeah. Right. So there's a couple different things that we can talk about here. What we can do as trainers, what you can, what kind of happens as your dog goes through a board and train, mm-hmm. if it is a very nervous dog. Um, but also what can you do at home? What are small little changes that you can make that can make your dog who's super nervous, just a few steps more confident. So what yeah. are some small steps that you can make without undergoing this extreme training process? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, it's, it can be overwhelming. And again, like, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, Training a nervous dog is hyper, hyper counterintuitive. Hyper counterintuitive because when you train a nervous dog as humans, when we see a dog that's freaking out or being nervous about something, the first reflex we have is that we want to soothe the dog. Mm-hmm. We're gonna be like, it's okay, don't worry, it's not that, that scary, blah, blah, blah. And we like baby talk and we pet and we do like all those things that we wanna do, that we would do towards another human, but mm-hmm. doing that towards a dog, you're actually making it worse. Mm-hmm. Because soothing a dog and like baby talking to it, first of all, you're not helping them out of that state of mind. And second, mm-hmm. you're reinforcing those behaviors. Yeah. Because dogs see baby talking as a praise, as reward. They have yeah. no idea the words that are coming out of your mouth. They just yeah. go by your tone and they know that this is your happy tone. And that's reinforcing the behavior. Mm-hmm. So if you have a dog that's being nervous and you baby talk to it, and the dog is like, oh, I'm doing something right. Okay, I'll keep, I'll keep doing that. Mom, mom said that when I yeah. do that, you do that. So that means that that's good. So I'm going to keep being nervous and keep having those reactions and trying to introduce food to, be, to create a, like a better association with uh, a certain scenario. You run two risks. One is the dog is not going to take food because the dog is too scared and most scared dog won't take food. And the second risk you run is that you're going to, again, reinforce the behavior because I freak out. I get food. The dog's gonna keep freaking out. 
it exactly. pays off. If the, the dog is sound enough to take food, he's going to be like, I freak out, I get food. Cool. Got it. Yeah. And I think that's something important we should talk about too, because most of these dogs that we are talking about right now mm-hmm. will not take food under pressure. They will not. And if, if people don't understand what it's like to work with a truly nervous dog, these are dogs that will not take food probably for days yeah. under pressure. Yeah, for sure. Under stress and pressure. So it's for not sure. like your average nervous dog that'll still run up and eat. No, these are dogs that are so stressed, even if they're hungry, they will not eat a steak yeah. in front of their face. For sure. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we hear that all the time from dogs that have tried like the pure positive way. Um, they're like, I can wave a steak in front of my dog. He will not touch it. Either like if it's reactivity or like fear or whatever, they will not touch it. Yes. And that's mm-hmm. hyper common. Exactly. Hyper, hyper common. Yeah, good. Hope um, that makes sense. Yeah, so, so that's number one is do not reinforce the dog. Yeah. Um, you are going to have to put some structure and leadership on the dog, especially yes. in that situation. So if a dog understands that no matter what kind of stress that ever happens, if I just hide in front of mom, or hide in front of dad or whatever it is yeah. and then you reward them and praise them now you're just you're literally creating a nervous brat yeah and something we see very often is with little dogs the first reflex you have when you see a dog that's freaking out is pick up the dog and go yeah so not only the dog gets like the highest reward on the planet which means being picked up but they also get to go away from what they don't like mm-hmm. so like reinforcing times a thousand because exactly. picked up and you go away from the source of pressure so like that's the worst thing you can do with a little dog. And that's why we see so many nervous little dogs. Palms, chihuahuas. Yeah, palms, chihuahuas, yeah. Uh, dachshund. Um, yeah. All those little ones that you can pick up and go, mm. we tend to see a lot of uh, issues. Because people just avoid the, they have good intentions. They just want to avoid the problem and then just pick up because it's easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's go through, do you want to just go through a couple of scenarios then? So let's say we have a nervous dog like Cody. Yeah. Um, we are walking down the sidewalk, mm-hmm. and Cody sees a person that looks like he's going to walk towards Cody. Yeah. Cody starts freaking out. So what would, what would usually... So the number one thing is um, snap him out of that state of mind. If you don't have tools and if you don't have, like, equipment or whatever, or training knowledge to use tools yet, um, the worst thing you can do is stop and let the dog freak out. That's the worst thing you can do. Um, the best thing you can do is keep walking, keep a short leash, just power through it and keep walking. And that's something that his owners did actually, because he was terrified of traffic, obviously. They were like, we're gonna go on Queen Street and we're gonna walk every day on Queen Street until you're fine. And like Cody was freaking out for the first couple of weeks, but the more they practiced it, the more they give him no no choice. It's like, we're on Queen, you're gonna walk, this is it. The better he got. Mm -hmm. So the worst thing you can do is let them dwell in that state of mind and just like simmer in it and just stop and like have that dog like keep freaking out and you're like, oh my God, I don't know what to do. Keep walking. Exactly. Keep walking, keep moving, keep walking. And in a situation like that, you rely on Cody's obedience yeah. to get him through that situation. Yeah, so at this point, he is um, e-collar savvy, he's prong savvy, he understands those tools. So I'm able to communicate with him. If I can see, if he gives me the signs that he's uncomfortable about something, I can remind him to like, mind his state of mind yeah. and mind his behavior. I want him to listen to the training before he listens to his fears. And that's like the number one thing you can do once you have a trained dog is to hold them highly, highly, highly accountable to the training they know so they can listen to that as opposed to their fear. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, that's the key to a lot of nervousness because if a dog is freaking out with all the decisions they're supposed to make in that second. So mm-hmm. someone's coming, the dog has multiple decisions. Number one, try to run away. Yeah. 
Number two, the dog can listen to what you're saying, which they're going to struggle with. Yeah. Uh, number three, the dog will freeze and maybe try to bite. You never yeah, know. you never know. Mm-hmm. But what you want to do is you don't want the dog to make that decision. Yeah. Because if the dog trusts you, the dog should literally look to you to, hey, I'm a little bit stressed, tell me what to do. Yeah. And if you tell the dog what to do, as long as they trust you and the obedience and the relationship is developing and it's good, the dog will just go, okay, she told me to heal. I'm going to do my best. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to heal. If I can't, and if it's way too hard for me, yeah, I might freak out a little bit. Yeah. But, but in that situation, we know we're not going to be hard on the dog. We just realize, okay, it's too much too soon. Yeah, exactly. We'll slow it down. But if the dog has done it a thousand times and decides to freak out one day, yeah, no, exactly. that's not allowed. Exactly. Not and allowed. realistically, and it's what we were talking about earlier, if you have a dog in the heel position and he gets nervous at anything and starts like, walking faster or freezing, what you're correcting him for, it's not necessarily for freaking out it's for breaking the command exactly and the more you pattern that the more the the uh, training overpowers the fear because the dog is like i am on a heel i'm supposed to stay on a heel no matter what happens and if i break the heel no matter the reason there's a consequence exactly Mm -hmm. so the key to all this is in a situation where the dog is going to struggle leverage the command yeah best you can yeah so you should be working on your dog's obedience to make sure they can get through these things. Because without yeah. obedience, you're basically going to be bringing your dog to a situation. You're not going to tell them to do anything, and then you're going to correct them for no reason. Yeah, for sure. And that's how you stress out a dog. So build the obedience, yeah. and then hold them accountable for not listening to the obedience. And that is the simplest thing you can do in these situations. Mm-hmm. Um, do we have any other situations where a dog will get ultra stressed, and we would have to work them through it? I would say traffic. Traffic is good. Traffic is a huge one. And anything household, vacuums. Vacuums, yeah. yeah. And again, vacuums, we use place. Yes. A lot of dogs like freak out as soon as they see a vacuum. If you ask a dog to place, if you put that dog, you taught that dog very clearly that when I ask you to place, it means place no matter what happens. Once I pull out a vacuum, I don't care what happens, you stay in place. If you freak out at the vacuum, I'm going to correct you and send you back on place. Not because you freaked out the vacuum, because you broke place. Exactly. So that's what we really want the training to overpower the fear. Exactly. Uh, one rule we give a lot of these puppies, uh, puppies should have food drive. And if they don't, uh, yeah, once again, you're in trouble. So yeah. if puppies yeah. don't have food drive, you need to feed them their meals in their most stressful situations. Yeah. So if your dog cannot even walk through traffic and if nothing else is working, they should not, as mean as it sounds, they shouldn't get free food yeah. because you're losing your opportunity. Yeah. So you should take their food, go for the walk, feed them, and the only way they eat is to deal with their stress outside. Yeah. And again, way. it doesn't mean that you have to like bring your dog like right next to a highway on day one and feed yeah. that dog in that situation because he He's will not eat. Him. He will starve himself. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> but like... Take him on a residential road when you know that it's like uh, school's out and like everybody's going to pick up their kids. It's not crazy traffic. It's mm-hmm. not huge trucks. Start step by step. Don't start like, don't throw the kitchen sink at it and see what sticks. That's just, important too. Just start mm-hmm. step by step. Patience. Patience, exactly. Patience, Patience. structure, leadership. Yeah. yeah. Patience um, is a big one. I think one thing that um, we hear a lot is those nervous puppies that we have. Um, they, most of them are not crate trained. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. Funny how that happens. Oh! I don't know if you want to elaborate on that, Cass. Um, um, yeah, so, yeah, so it's having a crate, having a crate is, a very, is a very, very predictable thing, thing for a dog, for a dog if they're spending upwards of like 20 hours a day in the crate, which a puppy should be, um, just so that they get lots of just predictable time mm-hmm. of yeah. what's happening and what the expectation is. Being in a crate is a very obvious thing of what you're supposed to do. You're not supposed to be playing. You're not supposed to be doing all kinds of maniacal stuff. Mm-hmm. Just sit there and sleep do your do your puppy stuff in there yeah um 
that adds a lot of structure into the dog's day because it's not thinking about what it needs to be doing all the time and creating this kind of like busybody state of mind. A busybody state of mind plus a nervous dog is like an ultra super super problematic dog, right? Um, Explosive combo. Huh? Explosive combo. Definitely. So um, that's definitely something that we see a lot is a lot of dogs having way too much free time. Um, and there's a good analogy I think you use pretty often where say you have you're an anxious person and you go to a Pickle restaurant. Barrel. You go to Pickle Barrel. Two hundred page venue. Two hundred page venue, and you're like, you're freaking out because you don't have enough time to look through, even look through all the pages, let alone read the description of everything. And then you see the, the waitress walking towards you, and you're like, you start sweating. You're like, I'm just gonna end up getting like chicken nuggets because I'm so scared, but I could have had something better. It's giving me anxiety thinking about it. But if if the waitress just comes up and says this is our special of the day, or if there's one thing on the menu, or yeah. there's five things on the menu. Uh, remove the options. Easier. Yeah, remove a lot of options and then it becomes very easy for you to mm -hmm. choose what you want to do, right? Because it's so, a lottery. It's like yeah. the, the menu has like 50 pages. Yeah. But out of the 50 pages, it's probably 10 things that you're going to like on the whole menu. So if somebody could like remove everything you don't like and just keep the 10 things, mm -hmm. that would make life so much easier. Yep. So that's yeah. what we're doing with, with dogs, with the crate, with place, with structure, leadership and all that. We're just removing the options. Exactly. Um, for the dog to make bad decisions. Exactly, exactly. And uh, what would you tell somebody who has a nervous dog, is like, my dog is not crate trained because he is a brat in the crate? That is, that's the <laughs> call a trainer. Yeah. Call a trainer. Honestly, trying to deal with crate training on your yeah. own without a skill set is very hard. Yeah, and that's, that, that that's exactly anyone. the answer that I was expecting is because yeah. mm -hmm. dealing with a nervous dog is hard. Yes. And mm -hmm. you can try to do it on your own, but it's going to take you forever. Yeah, and, and uh, a lot of frustration and a lot of um, time for your dog to be in a bad state of mind. And the yeah. funny thing is the nervous dogs are usually really loud in crates, especially if they've never been crate trained. Yep. Mm -hmm. The confident ones, you can put them in a crate and then you can close the door. And if they act like a jerk, it'll sometimes take a correction or yeah. two. And then they're quiet. But yeah. the nervous ones, they, they can <laughs> they, they can, can keep go going. They can go full on meltdown. Mode. Yeah, full yeah. meltdown. Yeah. Um, we see it all the time. Yeah. And if, mm -hmm. if we see it and we're like, okay, this would be... You know, there are days where we talk and we're like, I don't know how some average people deal with who that. don't have a dog training skill set can deal with this. Yeah. This is really, really hard. For sure. So if, just by us saying that, if the average person is dealing with a nervous dog and trying to tackle separation anxiety on their own, and we all know what they're doing, they're probably yeah. going online, yeah. uh, how to tackle separation anxiety, and they probably go to PetSmart and they buy 100 Kongs, and, and then they start oh filling them up. We don't want Your dog does not <laughs> need to keep busy. Your dog Doesn't needs need to, to no. not be busy and be cool with it. No. Yeah. That's exactly what we were talking about before, yeah. right? That busybody. Yeah, state exactly. Of mind. And you don't need a furbo. You don't need a furbo. You don't need a freaking furbo. Yeah. Good quiet. Good quiet. Good quiet. <laughs> My God. None of that. Here's the treat cookie. You don't need to have. You don't need to build a mechanical system to transfer the crate Kong into the freezer and then to bring out. <laughs> oh you don't God. need to build that stuff. Okay. My None God. of that is necessary. You actually just need professional help, and you can get it dealt with pretty quickly. Yeah. It's yeah. actually not that hard. Uh, if you talk to someone who's dealt with thousands of them, yeah. and we deal with a lot of them, yeah. So, but the crate's and, mandatory. Yeah, for sure. And mandatory. I think uh, the crate is part of like our arsenal of tools that we use when yeah. it comes to to all dogs, but to specifically uh, nervous dogs. Um, you guys know we're balance trainers, so we use e collars, we use prong collars, and all that. Um, I don't know for you, Ganesh, but like 90% of the nervous uh, clients and uh, nervous dogs that I have that contact me <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, have nervous owners. Uh, <laughs> I thought that's what you, what you were gonna say. Sorry. No, they, uh, <laughs> sorry. They will. Um, 
they will ask me, I heard that e-collars make dogs more nervous and make dogs worse. E-collars are actually the best tool to work um, with nervous dogs. Um, they can be the worst tool as well. It just has to be done properly. Because the assumption that people have with e-collars is that we just slap an e-collar on a dog and just correct the high level for bad behaviors. It, it takes a lot more work than that. Uh, it takes proper introduction. It's a new language that a dog needs to understand. But e-collar is the only, in my opinion, tool that will break through that foggy brain that dogs get when they get so freaked out they won't take food. You can try to like lure them with like anything you want. It, it will just not work. But once he's, the dog is properly conditioned to an e-collar, the dog will understand what it means and it would help break through that fog and put them on the right track. Yeah. And it's a huge misunderstanding and it's very unfortunate because a lot of people who have nervous dogs will try everything before they try somebody like us because of that reputation of the e-collar. Like, mm -hmm. they always say uh, e-collar is going to create a bad association with a scenario or whatever they're scared of. They already have a bad association with it. With everything. With yeah. everything. Mm -hmm. You can't make it worse. And there's no way to clearly penetrate that nervous brain. No, there you really can't. isn't. You just can't. So with the e-collar, yeah, it, it really does communicate properly. And then they, for some magical reason, they start understanding, oh, okay, you know what? This e-collar will tell me if I'm doing something stupid. Yeah. And it'll also tell me when I'm doing something right. So, yeah. wow, this makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know how. It just does work. It, it, it works better than, than a grilled steak. It me. does. <laughs> it does. It's because it's, it's, I think it's because it's physical. Yeah. It, it just reaches a different level um, to the dog. Like, Steak in front of the face, like, yeah. it just doesn't work. Well, think work. about how dogs communicate with each other, too. They yeah. Don't, they don't bribe each other with food. No, they don't. On the street, right? Exactly. I've never seen, I would, ne I would never expect Ashton to walk up to another dog and offer it food. No, that doesn't happen. Dogs it. don't do that. No, they just right? don't. But dogs yeah. will, like, physically interact with each other, either Absolutely. to correct or to, like, show affection. Yeah, for They're sure. physical. They also don't really talk to each other. No, they don't. Right? Yeah. So, like, like, even when dogs are playing and stuff, like, sometimes they might get vocal, but think of, like... Um, a husky or something, yeah. they're more likely to howl towards us as humans than they yes. are to like, communicate vocally to each other or Absolutely. anything. So they kind of just learn more physically in the first place. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so whereas we learn visually and yeah, audibly. for sure. And like then you can teach them what the words mean through the e-collar mm -hmm. and, exactly. and things like that. Mm -hmm. but, um, but yeah, it's very, very misunderstood um, yeah. in exactly. that sense. And it's very unfortunate. So for a nervous dog, a lot of people are probably wondering, okay, you guys are telling us a lot about these dogs. Uh, they're probably wondering where their dog can go, what can mm. become, what, how far they can go. Yeah. So I think we have a couple of good examples. It always depends on the dog. Yeah. That's number one. Some dogs will really struggle. Yeah. Some dogs were developed nervousness from just a bad upbringing. Yeah. And some dogs have a mix of genetics, bad socialization, bad yeah, upbringing. I, I like Oliver as an example. Yeah, Oliver was a really cool example. Um, he was here for a board and train. He was biting his owners. Um, and he's a golden doodle. He's a golden doodle. Which is important. He was biting his owners with um, handling, mainly. Um, and they thought he was the devil. He th they thought that he was hyper-aggressive. <laughs> they all called that. him evil. They <laughs> called him evil. <laughs> but after he came here, we realized that Oliver's a nervous dog. It's super nervous. And we often misunderstand that because we only see the biting or like the reactivity issue, but we don't understand that it's rooted in nervousness. Mm -hmm. um, so we just did our usual things that we do here. Um, we addressed when he tried to bite us 
which needed to be addressed because it's not because you're nervous and try to bite me that it's okay. You're nervous and try yeah. to bite me, it's okay. We still address those behaviors, but we also taught him that I'm gonna respect your space. Uh, I'm not gonna be too rough. Same thing with Hersey. Hersey, <laughs> like that little palm that was trying to bite us when we tried to put a collar on him. Realistically, he's a nervous guy. Yeah, he's a brat too, but he's a nervous guy. And what we had to do with him, slow things down. Yeah. It's like down. approach him slowly. You can't rush him through anything. And that's the same with Oliver. Oliver yeah. Like they had like different outcome through like their, their behaviors. But the, the root of it is that you need to advocate for that dog. You need to make him realize that we're not here to like hurt you. We're just here. And like the more structure you put into those dogs, uh, the more they're going to trust you. Yes. And the more comfortable they're going to be with you handling them. And that doesn't mean that Oliver is a dog who's going to love being petted 24-7. Yeah, he's not the biggest fan of that. Exactly. But he's he's now okay with it. Yeah, he's okay with it. He enjoys it. And when he's done, we can just put him away. And the yeah. worst part was they were afraid to pet Oliver. Yeah. And now they can pet Oliver. They can. And, and there was nothing that happened with them in the time he was here. No. He just realized that getting handled by, an owner, by a human is not yeah, so bad. Exactly. And I think what's important to address with Oliver, too, is they tried mm -hmm. a lot of things. And they're amazing owners. Yeah. Uh, but they were given some pretty whack information. Yeah, they were. And <laughs> I that remember was, when uh, I was speaking to them. Yeah, you had the phone call with them. Yeah, so the, he had some resource guarding issues. Resource yeah. guarding at the end of the day is dogs being nervous over losing what they have, mm -hmm. uh, mainly because they don't know what's theirs, they don't know what uh, what's going to be taken, and they just don't have proper structure. Yeah. So advice that they were given was, here, feed Oliver uh, high-value food and pet him in the chin while he's eating it. Jeez. And yeah, all, that basically gives all of us anxiety just thinking about it. And obviously he didn't like that. Yeah. And, and it just makes everything else worse. Yeah. It's yeah. like, wow, I don't get to eat without them touching me and I already don't like being touched. Yeah. This just that bad. one interaction makes everything worse. Yeah. It's horrible. It's so horrible. it's those types of little things. And sh the thing is the owners are smart because they knew immediately it was wrong. Yeah. And they're like, this is really weird. It's not yeah. making any sense. It's clearly not working. And we didn't have to do any of that. Yeah. And uh, I think even within like three or four days when we took him out, um, I took him out and I didn't have too much of an interaction yeah. with him because when he first came in, he didn't like me at all. Yeah. But on day three, he was willing to play, yeah. which was interesting. Mm -hmm. So he just got it quickly. Yeah, because yes, we were handling him. Yes, we were training him, but we were never like invading his space. We yeah. were never like pushing his buttons on purpose. Mm -hmm. um, and he was like, oh, those people are cool. Yes. Like I can be around them and like they respect my space and they know when I'm nervous and they don't push. Great. So that allowed him to open up and be like, okay, so people are not that bad. Exactly. Yeah. I don't think I interacted with him until probably like a weekend. There was yeah. just one day that I ended up pottying him or mm -hmm. something. And I had never had any negative experiences with yeah. him just because he only ever experienced me walking in and out of the kennel and yeah. never, never bothering him. Exactly. Never getting in his face, barely ever even looking at him. And he's like, Okay. And <laughs> again, that, that come back that. to what we said earlier, mm -hmm. how to introduce a new person to a nervous dog. Exactly. Don't. Exactly. Yeah. Don't, yeah. don't, don't. Just so let them know. expectations yeah. for Oliver, especially after all this training, um, he probably should not have strangers go up to him immediately. Nope. Uh, petting him, don't, don't force affection on him. Yep. He doesn't like it. That's just who he is. <laughs> who he is. He doesn't like it. I mean, Chet doesn't like it. Yeah, Chet's, um, I think he took us like two, three years after we got him for him to like ask for affection. Yeah. he would okay. never ask for affection. Um, and even when he was asking for it, there was like a ton of pride in it. He would not come and like nuzzle you. He would sit in front of you and like just look over his <laughs> shoulder like, dude, come pet me. Um, <laughs> but it took him like two, three years to do that. 
because yeah. he just doesn't like to be petted. He's just not that dog. Yeah. Um, and Oliver is kind of the same with different roots and different um, yeah. um, reason for it. But you just have to respect that. And they can take him everywhere. They can hang out with him. They yeah. don't have to worry about him biting anymore. Exactly. They, they, he's no longer evil. Yeah. Right? They don't think he's evil anymore. So uh, they, they're enjoying everything with him. Yeah. Uh, but expectations are, like, they're good. Yeah. And as long as they put in more work, he'll probably become a lot more social. Yeah. But with him, like, if people were to get right in his face, yeah, it's just not going to work. Uh, we probably have so expectations. Sorry, go ahead. I, th- I think another really good example would be Milo, the rough collie. Because a, oh. a lot of people have a Milo. So yeah. Milo's extremely people social mm-hmm. um, with his family and stuff like that, which is most most dogs. Mm-hmm. Most dogs love their family and are kind of wary about things outside. He was extremely environmentally sensitive. So trucks going by, um, I, th- I think like whenever a dog would walk by him, he would like pull his owners down the street to get away as fast as he possibly could. But he's extremely dog social. Yeah. He loves dogs and he's and very, very social. And very people social too. And very, very people social. But whenever he's on leash, he just doesn't trust the handler. Yeah. Yeah. Even though he loves them and he'll like let them pet him. Yeah, just um, a side note on the leash. Just so you guys know, when there is a dog is uncomfortable, they have two uh, instincts that kick in. It's either yeah. fight or flee. So when you put a leash on a dog, the flee is taken away. So that's why you always see, you often see nervous dog getting reactive is because they don't have the option to run away. Exactly. So it could just be a non-aggressive dog, just yeah. very nervous, and it just manifests as, as reaction aggression yeah. because the dog is very, very scared. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Milo is a good example. He literally just needed a little bit of guidance and then he became probably like the most perfect dog ever. Yeah. Right? He has really good off-leash obedience. He was able to walk by, um, Kukla exploding at him. We have a Malinois off the street who just is insane, um, and reacts at the gate yeah. where she lives. Um, and she's a really good test for a lot of dogs because a lot of dogs really want to pull away and yeah. get away from her as fast as they can. Um, but he was able to just actually with a little bit of guidance, think through that situation mm-hmm. and kind of assess it better and be like, okay, Cass is holding the leash right now. That dog's not going to kill me. Yeah. Mom's holding the leash now. As we go into the go home session, this dog's not going to kill me. Mm-hmm. I guess I don't have to worry about that. Yeah. And he quickly just, it was just a few pieces of information that he needed to be like the perfect dog. And it's right? super interesting for us when we see that those nervous, <clears throat> sorry, those nervous dogs who we literally do like minimal thing and you can see the dog like almost saying, Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) I just needed to be told what to do and what not to do. Thank you. That's Milo. And yeah, exactly. And those nervous dogs really thrive on that. They thrive on information. And then they become surprisingly social. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Within days. But when we talk about expectation is you have to remember when you have a grown dog, especially. It's different. It's different. So when you have a dog that's you send for training and the dog is nervous, it's not because he does great in certain scenario. Yeah, the dog is that the dog's going to do great um, outside. And like a great yeah. example that uh, Anesh likes to bring up is that a dog might be doing great off-leash 90% of the time, but then mm-hmm. you have a huge truck that comes by that just spooks the dog. We yeah. see a lot of, we train a lot of dogs that that dog is perfectly recall trained. He understands the e-collar. He hears that truck, the dog is going to bolt. Yeah. And that's something that you always have to keep in mind is that even though we train the dog and the dogs are doing better, you still have a nervous dog. Yeah. We mm-hmm. give the dog the uh, skills to cope with a lot of situations, but you still have a nervous dog. Exactly. Especially for grown dogs. Yeah. And then the owner follow through is a huge part of it too, exactly. right? Because I, I know you have a lot of examples and I have a lot of examples too, where you have a hiking client 
that's mm-hmm. an amazing dog with you. And then with the owner, it's a completely different dog, yes. right? So I have some that hate dogs when they're with their owners. When they're with me, they're, the mo- they're super social, mm-hmm. and I can introduce any new pack dog to them. Um, but sure. definitely the follow-through with the owners is one of the biggest things. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And uh, like you said, not every dog is going to be a Milo. Not every dog is going to have that capability to yeah, reach to that s- high, high. Yeah, to switch. Yeah. Because um, most dogs, it does come down to they're Genetics. just nervous by they're nature. Just they're just by nervous nature. by nature. Yeah. Um, it's not always the owner's fault that the dog ended no. up a little nervous. Sometimes it is just who the dog is. Yeah. And you just have to learn what makes this dog thrive and just kind of keep that level of structure and that level of exactly um, training with them. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And like very often we hear, oh, when can we take off the e-collar and when can we loosen up on the structure? It depends on the dog. Yeah. There are dogs that will just need structure their whole life because as soon as you remove that structure, that very clear, clear structure, they're going to mm-hmm. be like, oh, I have all those options again. <laughs> all the options, all the 50 pages of the menus are back. Yeah. So some dogs just need that help throughout yeah. their life. And that's fine because that's what the dog needs to, to thrive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So why don't we just let's go over expectations for life, like lifelong expectations for let's first start with ultra, ultra nervous dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, those are usually the out of country dogs. Cody, we'll use Cody as an example. Mm-hmm. Ultra nervous dogs. So expectations are if they're being leash walked 100% of the time on a leash walk, they should have all their tools mm-hmm. and they should have a backup to a martingale yeah so what we mean by that is whatever training collar you're using if it's a slip even if you're using a slip you should probably carabiner yeah connect Mm -hmm. the slip to the martingale just because if cody slips out of the slip lead (laughs) he'll be gone faster than the cars on the road he'll he'll outrun the cars right back to (laughs) (laughs) yeah so that's leash walking limitations for him are if you are going to new environments he's probably going to try to pull away and depends on the handler Absolutely. New so environments, can, don't let people so get in So Cody is the typical example of a dog that's going to need structure his whole life. Yes. Yeah. yes. Yeah. And he'll never be like, oh, I want to go, today I want to go to the beach with 10,000 people and I want to stay with all of them. It'll never, ever happen. It'll never, ever, ever, ever happen. Ever happen. Unfortunately. He might want to do it with 10,000 dogs. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. He would love that. Yeah, he'll sprint oh, full man. speed. He but, would love that. So expectations for him, that's probably the ceiling. Yeah. And, like, it doesn't mean that the dog's going to be miserable. He's going to have a bad life. It's yeah. just the it's life just that he needs. That's the life yeah. that he needs. And yeah. there are people out there that would vibe really well with that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. So then, so that's for ultra nervous. What about off-leash for Cody? That is a tough one. I would say never. Never? I, I would say... Unless you have a bike, a fence yard. Yeah. I would say even if you really trust him. Uh, I, I heard a quote a long time ago with dogs. Even if there is a 1% chance that the dog will run away and never be found again... That Why? 1% chance outweighs the 99% chance the dog will be good. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, Cody, I would even say if, like, like what's a good example? You know those, um, like, a, like a truck or the TTC gas sound? The, sorry, yeah, the yeah, bus yeah, when they release the air. The suspension goes, lowers. Yeah. Let's just say you're at a park and there's a bus that comes by and it, it lowers its suspension really, really harsh. And Cody hears that. That might be enough to blow away his listening to the e-collar. Yeah. Especially if he's off leash. Bam, he's gone. Or what if one day you decide to go out and the weather forecast is wrong? And you hear thunder. Jesus. And what if you're yeah. on a hiking trail and you're like, you know, 20 minutes into the hiking trail. Yeah. And then you hear thunder. Like, yeah, Cody's gone. Cody's gone. He'll yeah. be gone. For sure. So for that reason, I don't, yeah, off yeah. leash is too risky. You too can risky. do it, but it's too risky. Yeah. And then you have a dog like Milo. Yeah. Where he came in nervous. Um, mm-hmm. But he's going to need a lot less. He's going to require... Yeah. A lot less upkeep and a lot less structure long term than yes. Cody. 
Yes. Because he needs minimal information to, tr- to thrive. Yeah. Yeah. So he came he in nervous, mm-hmm. but he understood everything. Yeah. And now he's, yeah, he can be off leash. Leash walking, yeah, still double, obviously. Every dog should have a double. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And all tools. Yeah. Um, and then we have, like, an average nervous dog, like, like Wolfie. Like you Wolfie, still have yeah. around all your tools, but you're a trainer. Mm-hmm. So let's say if someone were to have a nervous dog who's in the middle. So Oliver, mm-hmm. the doodle we just talked about that mm-hmm. used to bite, he'll probably be really good off leash. He probably will be very mm-hmm. good off leash. He, I think he would need more. Um, he, he is going to be good off leash if the people really, really, really maintain everything else. Yes. Because um, it's, a, it's a big picture, right? You can't just look at off-leash as off-leash. Mm-hmm. Um, dogs are owner-oriented, too. Well, assuming they do the best they can. Yeah, if they do the best they can, he'll then be absolutely, on. yeah, he'll be good off-leash. And that's the difference with Cody. Even if people do the best job they can, yeah. that 1% chance outweighs His everything. genetics will just overtake everything, yeah. and he will fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, with Oliver, his limitations are, like we said, strangers. Yeah. Uh, getting in his space too quickly, that's yeah. that's just something he's not okay with. Exactly. Milo, however, will be okay with because he became he loves a lot people. more... Yeah, he yeah. became a lot more social. Yeah. And he's very calm. Yeah. Uh, do we have anything else for expectations for these certain dogs? Um, yeah, no, I think we just need to remember that dogs are dogs and they come in different... Like, we're not magicians. Yeah. We can give them skills to cope with a lot of behaviors, but we can change their genetics and who they are. Exactly. Um, yeah. And that's why, like, personally, and I tell a lot of people, I cannot handle a nervous dog. It doesn't fit my lifestyle. Yeah. I would never get another one. Yeah. It's hard. And I, would, I would never get one. Yeah. And the thing is, I, this is coming out of a trainer's mouth mm-hmm. who can bring the dog up to the maximum ceiling, but I would still never get one. Yeah. Because it just doesn't work for my lifestyle. And, like, what if, what if one day I want to go on a nice long hike and the dog hears a waterfall and, boom, gone? Yeah. It's yeah. just not a risk I want to take. For sure. Yeah. And or even, fair. like, just wanting to sit on a patio and have my dog beside me that's not necessarily it's something i can do with wolfie but i'm always on edge looking around of who's just gonna walk up and touch her yeah yeah, yeah, exactly and not because she's she's never gonna bite anyone because she's not that kind of fearful but it's just gonna break she's just not fair to her yeah and it's just gonna break her trust in you too yeah whereas if i had ashton lying next to me at a a patio someone could come up and pet him and yeah you know if we can go on patios again ever (laughs) (laughs) stage two thursday (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah when um if I could do that with him, he worst thing would happen is he'd break it down. Yeah. And he'd kiss them all over the face. And, and steal maybe their food. and <laughs> and maybe if they grabbed his leash he'd walk away and never come back. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So but he wouldn't be scared. Yeah. He would never be so scared. So it depends on your lifestyle and it depends on what you're willing to do for the dog because there are dogs mm-hmm. that they will do great with you in the house. They will be doing great in walks. And they're but, super sweet. And they're super sweet. Yeah. But it's dogs. just not the dog that you're gonna bring to a patio. Yeah. And yeah, that's no. fine. Like, not all dogs are cut out for that. No, not I'm, just the nervous ones. Like, and the, the reactive just, yeah. ones, too. And some people are completely cool with that. Like, yeah. you know what? I want to leave my dog at home, and I don't want to do anything with my dog. But when I'm home, my nervous dog loves me. Exactly. Gives me all the love I want. Yeah. And they're usually super, super sweet. Exactly. Because oh, yeah. they bond hard. If they're being given the right leadership and the right guidance, they will bond super hard with their owners. Yeah. And like, they w- yeah. like Bird. Like Bird. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's super, super affectionate. She's just completely passed out. She's super, super affectionate, but very nervous. Yeah. She has to know the people. And once she knows them, she's like, I will throw Coming myself in you. front of a car for you. Yeah, I'm scared of cars. Yeah. And I will <laughs> throw myself in front of it for you. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, that's how she is. But yeah, so like it's really... There's so many factors as to like what the expe- expectations are after training and when you have a nervous dog. Uh, but the biggest thing, biggest advice we can give you is just remember what kind of dog you have, mm-hmm. and just 
don't let two months of perfect behavior fool you. You mm -hmm. still have a nervous dog. Like, don't, don't over, don't be overconfident on your dog's new skill. Yes. Um, Even after a board and train. Yeah. Oh, need, especially after board and train. They need lots of work, and they. The problem is they'll fool you for a few days. They look really good. They yeah. look really confident. But if you don't keep up what we, what we did, and it's hard to keep all that up, yeah, they'll start diving back down into nervousness. But mm -hmm. everyone can handle it. We've met owners that were surprised what they can do with a nervous dog. Yeah. So, like, there are people out there that can really make things happen. Yeah. It just takes work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Good. Cool. I think that was a lot of information for you guys. Yeah, yeah that's everything. Uh, yeah, that was awesome. Good. Uh, all right. Thanks for listening. And, uh, and we'll see you next time. Yeah. Thank you. Bye. Bye.